Welcome to Parenting with Pam, with me, your host, Pamela Query. I am a certified hand-in-hand parenting instructor, and I am here to help you keep your cool while still getting your kids to cooperate, so you can parent in a peaceful way and actually enjoy being a parent. That means no more endless negotiating, lecturing, or explaining, no need for threats, bribes, or consequences, no more daily yelling. So if you want to create a peaceful home, I'm here to show you how. Today I am going to talk about after school meltdowns and grumpiness, um, why it happens and what you can do about it. So I think that this is something that is so common um, and but we don't really we don't really talk about it much. Um, so I think that often parents think that they are the only ones who are struggling with their child being super grumpy. Um, super uh, aggressive, um, having these big outbursts after school and are generally really difficult to be around after school. So I think that we, we, we think that we're the only ones whose kids are doing this and everybody else is having a lovely afternoon um, with their children or evening if, you're, if you don't pick your kids up until a little bit later on. Um, and uh, in fact, this is something that I hear from parents all the time, that this is really, really um, I think the majority of parents uh, struggle with this and, and have uh, are dealing with their children's emotional fallout from being at school all day. So that's what I want to talk about today. Um, I want to I want to talk about understanding what exactly is going on, putting herself in our kids' shoes and, and looking at it from their side and what is actually going on for them. Um, and then once we do that and understand what's um, driving this behaviour, then I'm going to look at a few things that you can do to support them and help them with this so that your afternoon or your evening goes more smoothly so that you can reconnect with your child again um, and you can support them with, with their day and with, with what's been going on with them. And that'll, overall, that will build a stronger bond with your child um, and a stronger relationship for you that, that, that both of you can rely on as your child grows older. So, um, you know, and this is often, this is often the typical story is that your child is at school or at childcare during the day and they appear to be quite happy. Maybe they don't like school. You know, maybe that is a struggle for them. Um, and they do, they, they, they really don't like going and there's a bit of a, um, there's a bit of a battle or a bit of a, a power struggle around getting them to school but then they appear to like it once they're there or maybe your child is okay about school and they they do go to school and um they are really well behaved and this is this is often the, the story of so many um kids and that they the teacher reports that you know the child is doing so great at school everything is completely fine they're really well behaved um they've had a really good day been good as gold all day um and then it might happen, it's different for each child, but it might happen immediately at the school gate as soon as they see you. Um, they might uh, pick a fight about something or get grumpy about something or, you know, don't want to talk to you or don't want to, you know, don't want to engage with you. Or sometimes they're delighted to see you, but then um, the, the bad mood kicks in either on the journey home, the walk home or in the car or a bit later, um, you know, once they get settled and once they're home, maybe they they refuse to, they don't want to, they don't want to do their homework, they um, are grumpy with their siblings, or they just don't want to talk to you and they're aggressive or, or grumpy with you. Um, 
or they you know they they don't want they're not happy with dinner and nothing's right and they don't want to do whatever it is so it can it can present in a whole lot of different ways um but their behavior is is going off track um maybe they have full-on meltdown about something really small or the other thing they could be quite just quite zoned out or you know just sort of disconnected they might just want to be on their screens they don't want to talk or engage very much as well so that could be the case as well um and often us uh, as parents you know we haven't seen our um we haven't seen our kids all day and we want to connect with them as soon as they come out from school we're like hi and we want we're enthusiastic to see them and we want to like show them how much we've missed them and um you know we really want to know how their day was as well and, and that's a way that we can connect with them we want to ask you know how was your day um and we really want to hear everything about it and instead we get this like one word answer fine um or we get we even get that we might just get a grunt or you know it might just be like oh well no nothing happened you know what, what did you do today nothing you know so um you know so these offers of connection that we're giving them can just like fall completely flat on their on their face and then you know we're sort of left going what do we do what do we like what you know and and often the child can see um it can see those offers of connection when we're asking them how, how was your day and who did you play with and what did you learn Ch children can sometimes interpret that as like an interrogation that we are like asking them all these questions and they can get a little bit defensive and they don't want to answer um and really our in our intention is that we just want to connect or we, you know our heart is in the right place with that we want to connect we want to show interest in them um but our children are picking it up very differently um and in order to help them we really need to understand what's going on for them um, and then we can better support support their emotional well-being around this so so what's happening what's going on there um so the first thing to think about is that um you know school is you know, school or childcare kids are spending quite they could be spending quite a few hours they could be spending six seven eight hours in um, in school or childcare um depending on what age they are and whether they're at after schools or um, whatever your routine is. So children can spend quite a, a, a big chunk of time there. And the thing is that, that school is a very indifferent environment from home. It's very, very different. So whenever you are at home with your kids, think about how many times a day they come, they come to you, uh, how many times they're over, like asking you a question, looking for a hug, asking for a snack um, you know, helping you to, asking you for your, for help, you know, you have to help them sort out a conflict or they've hurt themselves and they need a little bit of, of, of attention or they're just feeling a bit tired or a bit grumpy and they need your support. So for me anyway, that's like multiple times a day. It's like every, like I find that children can't go more than a few minutes without your input in some way, like turning to you, just looking for your approval or your, um, a little bit of, excuse me, a little bit of input. So, um, if you think about all those all those times that they need you, um, and then when you think about the length of time they're in school and they're going without that, and obviously the younger a child is, the more they need you and the more they rely upon you. But also, different children uh, have different sensitivities as well. So some children will need you a lot um, and will rely on you quite a lot emotionally and other kids will naturally be a little more independent and a little more confident um, so it, it's it does differ a lot per child as well which is important just to just to uh, to highlight 
Um, but whether even, you know, no matter who the child is, um, you know, the way our schools are set up is that they can't offer children that same close emotional safety and interaction that children get at home with their own parents. Um, you know, most schools have quite a high adult to child ratio um, and also they're not set up to create that emotional safety between teachers and children. Um, often teachers, they, they have, they've, their agenda is to teach and, and that's what their training is in. And, um, you know, although indivi some indivi individual teachers really prioritise the emotional connection, um, in generally speaking, there's just not the space, it's not, the environment's not set up, it's not conducive to that kind of um, emotional support. One-to-one uh, -one support that that children so often need. So, children really get the message very quickly that uh, in school that it's they can't go to their teachers with their many little problems. That they have to hold them in. They have to deal with them themselves. Um, and some kids really behave uh, cope better than with that than others. You know, some kids are okay about that. Some other kids really really struggle. Um, and uh, I know my my own daughter. She she did struggle with this massively, that she um, likes to have a safe adult around all the time. Um, so whenever she was in school, she, she did really struggle with um, having, you know, not having somebody to go to with her worries and not having somebody she felt really emotional safe, emotionally safe with. Um, and then the other thing that had a big impact on her was the, the these behaviour management systems that they often use in schools. Um, and they tend to be around this idea of like sort of punishment and reward. Um, and, you know, it is moving more. When I was at school, it was much more on the punishment end of things. And there was still corporal punishment in school when, when I was there. So it was really, you know, punishing your behaviour if you if you did anything wrong. <clears throat> uh, and these days it has moved towards the more positive um, behaviour management, which is kind of reinforcing the good behaviour. But also there is there that threat of, of um, something being taken away if they misbehave. So um, my daughter's school used to have this thing with the um, smiley faces and the smiley face would be turned around if you did something you weren't meant to do. And my daughter was absolutely terrified of these smiley faces that she really took it to heart. And, you know, she didn't know what would happen. You know, she, you know, there was all, all that was happening was this piece of this smiley face was being turned around, but she was really, um, afraid of that it's like that withdrawal of approval somehow that she was really terrified about that so she when she was in school she put on her very best behavior she was terrified of getting in trouble um and that weighed very heavily on her that was a, a really a, that was a really hard burden for her to carry around all day and she really struggled with that it was a lot of effort for her to keep up that facade all the time all day long so um so that can have a big impact on children as well um, and all these things, they build up all day and your your child doesn't have you to support them emotionally. So um, so I think of it as like this fizzy drink and this fizzy drink bottle and it gets, sh it gets shaken up um, multiple times throughout the day and the fizz doesn't have anywhere to go. So the pressure kind of builds up and builds up and builds up. So it might just be small things like, um, you know, your your child might fall over in the, in the schoolyard and graze their knee and you aren't there to give them a hug or they might have some kind of a falling out or some kind of conflict with friends. They might be getting excluded from a friendship group. They don't have you there to back them up and, and to, to support them with it and to, 
to listen to what's going on. Um, they might just have like, I don't know, like dropped their lunch and then didn't have anything to eat and didn't, you know, I know my daughter, that would happen to her and she she wouldn't tell anybody. Um, the teacher was probably willing to help her, but she didn't feel safe enough to go to the teachers and explain what had happened and get some help with that. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so, so then each time one of those incidents happens, it's like the, the bottle gets shaken up a little bit more and the fizz is all in there. Um, and uh, then what happens is um, that whenever you see your child then at the school gate or whenever they, you get them home and they feel your safety and they're back in their, in their own environment, then it's like, it's like you are releasing that pressure valve from the, the, fizzy, the fizzy bottle of, um, of Coke or the, the fizzy bottle. You're releasing that tension um, and all of the all of the fizz and all of the bubbles and all of the stuff comes out all the pressure comes out um so they've saved it all up for you and you are their emotionally safe person so um they're letting it all out so really what i say it is it's a really big compliment whenever our kids come home from school and they really show us how they're feeling on the inside through their behavior and and i guess the thing is that our children we, as adults we're very used to talking about how what's happened to us and explaining in terms of words um, and very cognitively based but our children don't work on that same level and they will show us how they're feeling through um, their behaviour. Um, so it's really important that we have our little decoder, our parent decoder on and thinking you know what are they telling us through their behaviour. So they come home and they're either grumpy or they're aggressive or whatever it is and they can't come home to sit and say to us you know, mom or dad, you know, I've been at school all day and this thing happened with my friend and then I was in the classroom and I didn't know the answer and I was really embarrassed and, um, or, you know, I was, the t teacher thought I was talking and I got the blame and it wasn't me and it wasn't my fault and nobody understood that. So now I'm feeling, you know, now that I see you, I'm able to let all this out and um, I just really can't keep in control of my behaviour because I've held it together all day long. So this is how I'm really feeling. So kids can't really say that in those terms, but what they can do is that they can be grumpy, they can give you the cold shoulder, they can they can cry, they can have a meltdown over something really small. They can take it out on their little brother or their little sister or their big brother or big sister. They can take it out on the dog um, and they can they can let their um, all their big feelings and all those yucky feelings out that way, which is really difficult for us to deal with. So. But I think what can be really helpful is just viewing it through that lens, through that lens of like they're letting it all out. They're showing us in their own way about what's going on for them. And they don't want to be behaving like that. Um, but they've literally just can't hold it together anymore. And they're just going and letting it all out. <clears throat> so I think even just viewing it that way and saying, ah, that, that's what's going on. OK, um, that can really change our approach to it. Um, so, and you know, so this is at the, at the very core of the hand in hand parenting approach is this understanding that, um, you know, that children do well when they have this strong sense of connection and safety with adults in their world. Um, and you know, the, and especially the younger kids are they, the more they need that sense of safety. Um, and you know, if you think about that, that makes a lot of sense in terms of human evolution. And um, you know, babies and small children, uh, they had to depend on um, safe adults uh, 
in order to survive. So they had to feel this strong sense of connection with adults in their lives in order to survive. Um, so what happens in the brain, you know, whenever it senses there's a caring adult nearby, so we have our limbic system that's scanning for this sense of safety, um, then whenever children feel that, then all parts of their brain are, are active and communicate well, and their brain works um, really well whenever they feel that strong sense of connection. Um, and when children are in that place, then they, they learn well, they're able to listen and understand, they're able to get along with each other, and this is very much their natural state. And this is the natural state that the children want to be in. They want to feel at ease and they want to feel safe and they want to feel connected and have fun with it and get on well with everybody. Um, but whenever the brain senses this lack of safety, it goes into this sort of high alert emergency mode and it, uh, it gets overcome with the, these emotions. And this is very much the fight or flight mode and it shuts down the thinking brain. Um, and they're not able to think well. The logical thinking goes and the impulse control goes and they're really ruled by their emotions. Um, and this is when we see um, unreasonable behavior from our children. Um, so whenever our children, uh, whenever our children come out of school and they have, the, they have a meltdown or they're very grumpy with us, um, th they've been away from you for, for quite a significant amount of time. Um, and they've been holding on, they haven't felt that emotional safety. Um, and uh, they're feeling very emotionally and physically drained. Um, they're feeling very off track, they're feeling very disconnected. So their behaviour is difficult. So that's, um, that's all that's going on. So what they really need in that moment is to feel our sense of safety again, our approval, that strong sense of connection. Um, and but, but the thing is that whenever they're holding on to this emotional tension, that they need to, in order for them to feel our connection and feel our love, because often we're offering them that as soon as they come out from the school gates. But what happens is whenever they're holding on to this emotional tension, it's like they've got this like crusty outer layer that um, doesn't that doesn't let our love in and doesn't let that sense of connection in, and they need to shed all those yucky feelings and that emotional tension before they can really feel our love and feel our, our sense of safety again. So, um, so I invite you to view your, your, your children's after school behaviour through that lens. Um, and whenever we have that understanding, then we can start to look and see what can we do to help them? What can we do to support them, make everything go easier for everybody? Um, and this is exactly where the hand in hand parenting tools come in and they work so well. This is what they're designed to do because so often we have this understanding, but we don't know what to do in the moment. So the hand in hand tools are designed to be used in the moment to support this understanding of what's going on for our children on the emotional level and on the neuroscience level. Um, so and, and hand in hand, we have these five wonderful tools that we can use and they work best when we use them all together. And I'm going to talk through a, a few of those tools today as an example of what can help. Um, <clears throat> so um, so that so often whenever our child comes out from school, what we want to do is we just want to rush in there and show them that we love them and all of that. Um, and that can get pushed away. And like I said, it's that crusty layer on the outside. Um, so sometimes what we just need to do is we just need to give our children a little bit of space and just listen to them. So just listen on a, um, bring our calm, um, our calm emotional brain, send out those, those signals of safety. So just send out this message that 
you know, I'm here, there's no pressure, I'm listening, I accept you just as you are. Um, if you're bringing your grumpiness, that's absolutely fine. If you're bringing your frustration, that's fine. I'm not going to let you hurt anybody and I'm not going to let you do any damage. I'm not going to let you pick on your sibling, but, um, you know, I'm here just to listen. So if you can often just slowing it down a little bit instead of jumping in and, and asking them all these questions and just maybe the first five minutes when they come out of school is just being present with them just listening to anything they have to say without giving advice or without interrupting them or asking any questions so maybe no questions at all for the first little bit you can you know you just say oh i'm so happy to see you you know welcome and then just give them a little bit of space just to decompress from the day um and you know if your child is the type of child that um all the feelings come tumbling out very quickly then we can use the hand-in-hand -hand tool called Stay Listening, which is just means staying with your child and listening to those big feelings. So um, that can be really hard at the school gate, so you may want to, although you can, you can listen, you can just get down on their level and just hold their hands and just say, yeah, I know, I know, and just really listen to whatever upset they have. Um, it's a little bit easier to do that, um, you know, maybe when you get home or if you're not comfortable with the, a big outburst whenever there's lots of other people around, that's absolutely fine as well. Um, but you might notice that when your child gets home, it can take something very small, as you know, the, the not having the, the, their favourite snack or um, their sibling getting the favourite toy first before they do. Sometimes it can take something really small and a big upset comes. So what we can do is just interpret that, you know, they're just getting rid of some of that emotional debris. And all we have to do is listen. And it's really good to notice what our, our impulse is um, in that moment. Do we normally distract them? Do we normally give in to whatever their demand is? Do we normally um, <clears throat> just go in with the lecturing and explaining? You know, what is it that we normally do? And once we start noticing that, then what we can do instead is just listen to their feelings. Um, offer them connection, offer them our love and our warmth and approval and just listen. Um, and that's when, you know, we may need to set a limit as well that we may always try and work around our children's feelings and try and keep everything okay and um, tiptoe around them. We feel like we're walking on eggshells and trying to make everything okay so they don't have this meltdown. So it can feel like an enormous sense of relief that you don't need to do that. You can you can set a limit and say, no, we're, we don't have that snack. We're not going to the shop. We're not doing whatever it is they want to do. Um, and just say no to whatever that is. And often that gives your child something to push up against, a limit to push up against, and they can let out how all these feelings that are not about the present situation. They're much more likely to be about all that stuff that's gone on during the school day. So... Um, so that can go a huge way um, to supporting your child is just listening to those feelings and when they can offload their emotional tension through crying, through trembling, through tantruming, through raging, sometimes through laughing as well, when they can, that's the body's natural way of recalibrating whenever they're there in your safety. So you're listening to the feelings, you're not leaving them alone with them, which is really important. And whenever they're able to offload all of that, um, then it's like they can, they're, they're clearing out their pipes, they're getting rid of the tension and they can really, that gives them space to really um, feel your love again and, and accept your connection and um, be able to, 
to really reconnect with you but sometimes they just need to get rid of this stuff first so in fact it's your child actually being really smart it's their natural healing mechanism kicking in they know exactly what they need to do to get rid of this stuff and your job is to not interfere with that process and just to listen so that can go a huge way to often when our children when we give them that permission to feel their feelings and let all that yuckiness out often afterwards they're so much more relaxed um, they're they're full of chat and able to tell you about their day they want to play they want to have fun and um, they want to get on well with everyone their their um, brain has sort of been recalibrated the emotional brain is nice and calm and their thinking brain is switched on again um, and they can they can be their lovely happy selves so that can go a huge way to really um, getting everybody back on track again um, for some children the feelings won't come tumbling out so easily that that crusty layer is is um, a bit more rigid and the, you, you can't get in underneath it and the feelings can't come out and maybe that's because um, you haven't been able to listen to them much in the past or maybe that's just how they are that they you know it's for all of us we like to avoid these yucky feelings that we'd much rather distract ourselves or or take it out on somebody else rather than actually slow down and sit with how we're feeling so it's exactly the same for our kids it's easier often to um to take it out on somebody else and they don't want to feel what's really going on for them so that can certainly be the case and if that's the case with your child what that might look like is that when they come home you can tell they're like fuming under the surface or they're really struggling and they're really grumpy and they take it out on everybody else and and they take it out on you and they take it out on the dog and they don't want your the, whatever the snack is or they don't want dinner and they don't want to do anything so all that's happening there is those feelings are all churning about under the surface and they just don't want to let you in they don't feel safe enough to to, to let you in because then they'll really have to feel those feelings so what can really help in those situations is to increase increase the connection increase your child's sense of safety and a great way to do that because often you offer that and they don't want it you know you that you're kind of like oh you know well, you know well how was your day and you know talking to them and and trying to give them a hug and they just push you away so what can really help is um the hand-in-hand -hand tool that we call special time which is one-to-one -one play with your child and um what so it can be really helpful and this is something i did with my with my own daughter um when she had started school and she was about four or five um and she would really struggle when she came home from school um and she didn't want to she didn't want to let me in but she really enjoyed special time so i would offer like, let's do special time and we just do it for 10 minutes whenever she got home from school and that meant that she was in charge i had to do what i was told and she got to be in control of it and she absolutely loved that and we already had a, a special time practice going um, and she really loved special time so as soon as I would offer that she would be like she, she couldn't resist she'd be like yeah I'm right there and um, so with special time you set the timer it can just be 10 minutes it can be five minutes it can be 20 I wouldn't do any more than 20 minutes really and because in this time you're giving your child your full focus of attention you're pouring all your warmth and approval onto them and just being overjoyed to be in their presence and um with with special time as well you do not direct the play so you're not like oh let's play this game that you love or why don't we try this you're just following their lead so it's more like what do you want to do today we can do anything that you want to and obviously there's some limits in terms of keeping them safe and and um, but really you want to give them full permission to do whatever they want as long as it's safe to do so and whenever I would do this with my daughter after school 
um, she would she started to play these games where um, she was setting up the school environment like I was one of the pupils in the school and so were all her teddies and her dollies and things and she would be there with her clipboard she was the one in charge and she would be telling us all what to do and I would play along really you know with re being really silly and like get things wrong and I would like sit in the wrong place and then I'd be like oh I sat in the wrong place oh my goodness and you know I'd really ham it up a lot and she would that would really get the giggles going with her and she really enjoyed that and she really loved being in charge and bossing me around so um we would do that every day and that would turn our whole afternoon around now sometimes there'd be a big upset afterwards because um because she was feeling that strong sense of connection with me um then she would feel safe enough to let out all those feelings and I would just listen to listen to her feelings at that point and then she'd come out the other side feeling much better where sometimes the connection the 10 minutes of connection was enough to set her off on the right track and to to feel back in balance again and everything be working well again in her little nervous system and she'd be happy um so so that was that was a massive help um and what she was doing in that special time was she was using that safety and using that that framework of special time to show me and tell me what was going on for her that day and sometimes it's not obvious but in this case in this example it was quite obvious that she was um telling me um you know there's a lot of rules in school and I'm not sure I don't want to get it wrong I'm really worried about getting it wrong um it's a lot for me to hold on to all day and to worry about and think about all day um and you know this was her her um space that she could let all of that out not using her words but through her play and that's how children operate is through play and that's how they process and understand the world and make sense of it so i was by giving her that 10 minutes of special time i was giving her that space to process what she was going through in her day uh, and it is different from other types of play. You know, we'd spend the rest of the afternoon often playing, but it would I would be making myself a cup of tea and attending to her little brother and doing different things. Whereas this 10 minutes was just the time just for her. Um, and she was in control. And I was giving her 110% of my attention. So that's what sets it aside from other types of play. So, um, so special time is something that you can use um, proactively you know after the school day um or in the evening whenever you get home but doing even if you can't manage that and even if you're only using special time at the weekends you know any bit of special time can really help um your kids to process whatever's going on and to build that strong sense of connection with you so it doesn't necessarily have to be like straight after school if that doesn't work for you if it's not possible um, then you know if you can fit it in at other times of the week before bedtime or at the weekends then any of that is going to have a really big benefit. So um, another another tool that really works well for um, whenever you want to to get the connection um, and really pull your child back. You know they've been separated from you all day, and you want to pull them back into your orbit and um, really reconnect with them and get through those yucky feelings. So a really great tool for that is play listening. Um, and that is just connecting with your child through play and what you're doing what makes it different from special time is that you can direct it a little bit more you can take the lead but what you're doing is you're trying to be the less powerful one and you're trying to um, notice what makes your child giggle um, so I would also do things with my daughter um, around school where you know because she in special time she was getting this you know she's getting great satisfaction of, of her being in charge so anything where 
I was um, I was getting things wrong and I was being the, the silly one and um, she got to be in control so anything like that is really really helpful so even um, just it can just be really simple things like games of chase where you can't catch you can't catch your child and they're always getting away and you're like really annoyed about it or we just this one evolved in our family where my daughter would um, like point her finger at me and you know she should point it, it was like her finger was this magic wand and it would make me like fly across the room um and you know she'd point down and I'd like fall down onto the floor and she'd point up and I'd like jump up and I'd act like really surprised that this was happening and I didn't want it to happen oh my goodness so this is something that sort of just evolved naturally when we were playing um and she would get so many giggles out of that and we would often do that when she came home from school that she would get to you know sort of boss me around this way with her finger um uh, so anything that breaks down those barriers and helps helps get the giggles going is really connecting. Another thing that we used to do, um, I, I would find that anything, I sometimes really struggle to actually connect with her, that anything I would do, she would just be met with this like grumpiness. So I, I would get, um, I'd grab like a little one of her favourite teddies um, and I would get the teddy to talk to her and she absolutely loved that. And because it wasn't coming from me, um, somehow it made it easier easier for her so I would just get the little teddy to talk and go hello and how are you and what's going on for you and and uh, just just start up like little silly conversations um and I find that for some reason that she could really connect through that and then I would maybe get the the, the little teddy to say some silly things or get the teddy to fall off or bump into her or do, do something silly and get the giggles going then I'd keep doing that over and over again so often it's about being like a bit of a detective and finding what what works for my child. How can I get that connection to reach her? Um, and what uh, another thing that some works quite well for some children is you know physical contact, like physical play, wrestling, or even just like a foot rub or a cuddle or a head massage. You know, sometimes that's the way through. So it's about doing this little bit of detective work. How can I reach my child? whenever they've been separated from me all day. And, and um, you know, the, the, the go-to one is usually us talking to them and asking questions and how was your day? And that is usually the, you know, that works for some children. And if that works for you, absolutely brilliant. But for a lot of children, that doesn't work. That we need to meet them on the, the play level or the body level or the emotional level more so. So it's about trying different things like that and seeing what works and where you can get that connection. And then to expect often that with that connection, once they feel that connection, the big feelings can come out. And sometimes we can feel like, oh, you know, th this is the thanks I get. I've tried to connect with them and that now they're having a tantrum. Um, and it's really about not taking that personally, but in fact, taking that as a compliment that um, that your child, that it's worked, you know, that you've, you've connected with them, they've felt the safety and now they feel safe enough to tantrum and offload those feelings. Um, so, those are some ideas of what to do. As always, it's really hard to offer that level of connection. It's really hard to um, listen to feelings. It's really hard to be creative um, and find ways in to support your child whenever you are feeling stressed yourself, um, whenever you are feeling like, um, you know, th that you've got so many things to worry about. You've had a long, busy day yourself nobody's meeting your emotional needs often and you're giving, giving, giving all the time to your children. You might have bigger worries about, um, you know, work and life and family and health and, you know, all of these other things that so often affect our ability to be present with our children. Um, 
so if that's the case for you and you aren't able to connect well with your child after school and you just have to muddle through and get things done as best you can then I'm sending you a big dose of love and I know that's such a hard place to be and I would just say um you know full permission to just to muddle through as best you can if you're in this survival parenting place um I really get that um but what you something that you can do if if you can find space for it um and a great place to start is through listening partnerships where you um and this is all about building your emotional capacity and having a place to vent and offload uh, and that can be that, that can be massively helpful so listening partnership is the one-to-one -one listening time with another parent where you exchange 10 minutes each even just one person listens one person speaks and then you do a little swap and you get to talk about how hard things are after school and how annoying it is and how you're doing your best for your child and nothing seems to work and you can really offload all of that tension and whenever you're able to do that reliably and and repeatedly week after week showing up to your listening partnership and doing that then that makes these other tools much more accessible and much more um much more able to to reach for connection and you're much more able to put yourself in your child's shoes and see their behavior through this um lens of connection and disconnection um and then able to support them with their emotions it's really hard to support children with their emotions when you're not getting support for your own emotions it's really really hard to do that so that is something to think about is um how you can get good emotional support. Sometimes it just needs to be actually practical support for you. Um, and then also it can be so helpful to have that emotional support as well. And that can make all the difference to really um, be able to meet all of these needs that our children have, their unending emotional needs, it seems. So that's something to think about as well. So, um, yeah, so I hope that that is helpful. Uh, this idea of um, connecting with our kids after school but it's not always as simple as that it's meeting them at their level seeing their behavior um, as as um, communication I suppose and um, that they're telling us about their day in indirect ways often we need to listen to those big feelings that are coming up before we can get through to them or before they can get back on track and get back to feeling well in themselves um, and we can do, do that through stay listening to their big feelings we can use special time and play listening to really connect with them and get the giggles going and make them feel really loved and secure. And um, so I think that all of these things are going to help massively with after school meltdowns. But there will always be days when things are hard and there will always be days where you don't feel resourced enough. And that's OK, too. Just be so gentle with yourself. Um, there'll be other opportunities to figure this out and other opportunities to connect and there'll be days when things go better as well. So that's the thing with parenting. We always have, we have good days, we have bad days. It's a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, so it's about celebrating the times when it does go well and really being gentle and kind to ourselves, forgiving of ourselves whenever things go a little bit more difficult. So um, thank you so much for listening today. It's so lovely to talk to you. I hope you find it helpful. Um, Feel free to get in touch and share with me your thoughts. Um, and I will speak to you again next week. Thank you so much. Would you like to get your kids listening so you don't have to shout and instead you can start enjoying being a parent? 
then pop along to my website, pamtheparentcoach.com or follow the link in the show notes to get signed up to my next virtual masterclass. See you next time. If you enjoyed listening, I would be so grateful if you left a review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or whatever service you use to listen to podcasts. This will really help me to reach more parents. You could also share the podcast with any other hardworking parents you think might enjoy it. Thanks for your support.